0: Football Week 4, NFL Week 3 on the Rookie Big Board. I'm your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator. Another jam-packed episode for you here this week. We're going to do sophomore check-ins. Check on that Dynasty Fantasy Football value. We're also going to explore something I call the Justin Jefferson Rule. And we're going to talk about three candidates that currently fit the Justin Jefferson Rule. And a little spoiler you're going to want these candidates on your roster. And we're going to finish off this episode with a fun segment. We're doing the ideal schedule for Week 4 college football for Devy purposes. I'm going to take you from 12 o'clock noon to 12 o'clock midnight to let you know the ideal college football schedule with a specific eye on the Devi fantasy football side of things. Before we get into it, I want to make sure folks know they can head on over to Patreon.com slash RookieBigBoard get in on the action my Devi rankings my dynasty rankings of course the 2023 rookie rankings already in action jump into the discord chop it up with me without any further ado let's get into it sophomore check-in I had to come out of the gate hot with the current wide receiver one in fantasy football the wide receiver three on the week And that is Miami's Jalen Waddle, my wide receiver 2 from last year's class. 11 receptions on 19 targets for 171 yards, plus 2 touchdowns. By the way, if I talk about wide receiver 1 on the week, etc., I am recording halfway through Monday Night Football, so there could be some movement, of course. Nonetheless, though, Jalen Waddle, super impressive, he went four for five, four receptions on five targets for 69 yards and a touchdown in week one. So that's now three touchdowns in two weeks. Folks, he's locked and loaded. He's a wide receiver one in Dynasty. That's where I had him this offseason. I was told I was too high on him. I'm all in. I am all in on Jalen Waddle, and here's why I'm all in on him. It's the exact reason why I've been all in on him even since Tyreek Hill Showed up in Miami. It never had to be one or the other. There was always plenty of volume in this Mike McDaniel offense for Waddle and Tyreek to get theirs. And that's what it was this week. Both scored fantasy wide receiver ones. Now, is Miami going to throw up, uh, what is it, 41 points each and every week? Of course not. Are Waddle and Hill going to both be wide receiver ones on the week every single week? Of course not. But at this rate, Jalen Waddle is going to hit double-digit touchdowns. And he didn't need the double-digit touchdowns. He needed the receptions. He needed to go back over 100 receptions, and he's clearly on pace to do that. But if he adds double-digit targets with that, the sky is the ceiling for Jalen Waddle. I'm so excited. I have him everywhere, and he is just stock up, stock up. You're not going to get him. If you didn't get Jalen Waddle, you're not going to get him, but I have him everywhere, so I'm happy about it. Let's keep the good news rolling here. In total, we're going to check in on six guys, by the way. Number two, it's Trevor Lawrence. We're getting warmer, folks. We're getting closer to what we've wanted to see from Trevor Lawrence. The patience, it's starting to pay off. QB 10 on the week, 25 for 30, 83% completion. 83% completion. Compared that from where Trevor Lawrence was a year ago. It is outstanding that he went 25 for 30. 235 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, to get Trevor Lawrence to the place where we really wanted him to be from the fantasy perspective, we want him to be consistently closer to that 300 passing number, three touchdowns per game, and he's really not running the ball. That was one thing that was bumping up his fantasy football value, so we want to see him move around and run the ball more still. Very happy with the first two weeks we've gotten out of Trevor Lawrence. 49 for 72, 68% completion, 510 total yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He's looking like he could push quarterback one territory. I don't think he'll finish as a fantasy quarterback one still, unless he really continues to improve. But he could end up in that 13 to 16 range, which would be... I think higher than most folks expected. It would be almost a year ahead of schedule. Trevor Lawrence can still be on his way to being a dynasty quarterback. One, if you've been patient with him, you're going to be rewarded. All right, a little bit of a down note here. I actually will rephrase that. A major down note here is Trevor Lawrence's quarterback classmate, and that is Trey Lance. Folks, it's not good. Season-ending ankle injury for Trey Lance. Didn't look good week one. Can't blame him for that. But this is bad. Lance was raw coming out. right? We needed him to have time to develop. And it looked like we got a little bit of that last year. But this was a huge developmental year. Now he's missing it. And apparently he had two different operations on that ankle. I know he could come back and be 100%. But we need Trey Lance to be mobile. So even if he is physically able to be as mobile as he was before the injury, is San Francisco going to calm down a little bit? Are they going to rein him in a little bit? Because we don't want him reined in. Not even a little bit. Folks, I hate to say it, but if you could get a a 23-1 for Trey Lance, it's time to pivot. I know you had to pay more than that, probably. I had to pay more than that. I bought into him all offseason. But there's no need to uh, go down with the ship here. I'm going to pivot off of Trey Lance. I hate it. I hate to say it. He could absolutely still come back, smash, be a quarterback one, but it just does not feel like the place you want to be in Dynasty right now. I'll tell you another spot you don't want to be, another sophomore check-in that's not too bright, and we will finish with two positive ones, but Kadarius Tony. Now, this was a player that I faded from the start here, but there were, you know, peaks last season where he looked like he had some upside. You know, I added one share of Kadarius Tony this offseason. It was kind of a throw-in in the deal, but I added him, so... I have some level of investment in him. I want him to do well. He's on my New York football giants. All right. 35 snaps for Kadarius Tony through the first two weeks. That's 26% of the offense. Now that's fifth on the New York giants. That sounds bad in and of itself, but he's behind David Sills. He's behind Richie James. Two receptions for three yards in week two. All right. So I had two receptions. He had zero yards. Y'all can do the math on that one. It's not looking good for Kadarius Tony, And I understand we're watching him play and we're seeing these highlights and we're seeing this athleticism and this upside. But at the end of the day, folks, he's battling to be a relevant wide receiver on a bad NFL offense. It's not even like he's battling to be a part of this prolific offense, right? It's not like he's getting beat out by prolific players ahead of him. David Sills and Richie James. Whether you blame it on the coaching staff or you blame it on the player or you blame it on whoever, it's not looking good for Kadarius Tony. I mean, if you can get any, if you can get a two back for Kadarius Tony, take that all day. You would have to. All right, two wide receivers here to finish on a high note with. How about Rashad Bateman? This is somebody that I've tried to tamper expectations on pretty consistently. I might have a reputation out there for being a Bateman hater, but he had a big week: four for seven, 108 yards, one touchdown. Last week, he was 2-for-5 with 59 yards and a touchdown. And that's going to be the key, the touchdowns, folks. He took one to the house, a big play, was it, like 75 yards for that touchdown. So you get rid of that play. This past week, he's 3-for-6 with 25 yards, and we are panicking about Rashad Bateman. And I think that's just the way it's going to roll with Rashad Bateman. Because he's got two touchdowns through two weeks. All right, He's not finishing with 17 touchdowns on the season. He's probably still finishing with 7 or 8. And on those weeks where he doesn't get the touchdowns, I don't think he's going to make that fantasy impact. But when he does find the end zone, even if he only adds 59 yards on that, he's going to be a viable fantasy football option. So I think there may be some frustration ahead with Rashad Bateman, but you have to be happy with those numbers. After the first couple weeks, you have to be happy with the way that he's producing and the way that he's seeing deep field targets. I mean, it was the same thing week one. You know, he had two receptions. It was that one deep one from Lamar. So you have to be excited about that because it's clicking. And when it clicks, it's going to be good. But just proceed with a little bit of caution here on Rashad Bateman. Let's finish it off here with Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra St. Brown. Man, this was somebody that folks snagged in the back end of the second round in rookie drafts, high end of the third round in rookie drafts, and he smashed as a rookie. I've got a lot of ARSB producing on my lineups. And then all offseason, all it was is that he's not going to produce. It wasn't consistent. Players were out. He's not going to come back and be the same guy. Nine for 12 in week two. 116 yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Wide receiver two on the week. I'm on Ross St. Brown. is isn't just floor. He's been a floor play this whole time, but not anymore. Week one, he was eight for 12. 64 yards and a touchdown. 17 receptions on 24 targets for two weeks. Now, you could look at this with your brain and say, yeah, maybe it is time to pivot off of Amon Ross St. Brown. Can I get a 1+, plus? can I get a 23-1+, plus? a little bit more? If you can get that for Amon Ross St. Brown, maybe it's not a bad idea to sell. But my heart tells me that he's not going anywhere. My heart tells me he's got to be plugged into my lineup each beach and every week. Now, Jamison Williams is coming, all right? Jamison Williams is coming. He is going to cut out of the overall touchdown upside of Amon Ross St. Brown at some point, but that's not for a while, right? I've kind of had Jamison Williams projected as six games this year. So that gets you through week 12 with Amon Ross St. Brown. That gets you through the regular season without Jamison Williams cutting into Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think you're in a really good spot. If you're a St. Brown manager, I think you got to be really happy about it. Now let's get into the Justin Jefferson. Here's the Justin Jefferson rule. Through his first two games in his rookie season, he had 12 total fantasy points. Nobody was excited about Justin Jefferson through the first two weeks of his rookie season. And I was hearing about it. I was absolutely hearing about it because all offseason prior to his rookie season, I was hyping him up as a rookie wide receiver one. Folks thought I was coming out of left field with it, right? And so he comes out and he puts up 12 total fantasy points through the first two weeks. He had just five receptions. Now it was five receptions on six targets, 72 yards, no touchdowns. It wasn't looking really good for me. So the Justin Jefferson rule is to not pivot too early. It's to not panic. It's to trust your instincts. It's to trust your evaluation process. It's to trust the value that you placed on rookies going through the season. And listen, there's always a time to pivot. If your rookie misses at the end of the season, they miss. But at least through the first two games, Justin Jefferson proved that you can be pretty much irrelevant for fantasy purposes and still have plenty of time to come back and be an absolute force for fantasy football. So I have three candidates here for the Justin Jefferson rule. One of them fits the criteria well. The other two I'm fudging a little bit because, quite frankly, it's not easy to find a Justin Jefferson. So folks probably know where I'm going to go with this right off the bat. It's going to be Chris Olave, right? If you look at Chris Olave, he had three targets week one. He caught all three of them. It was for 41 yards. It was very similar to Justin Jefferson's first week, his rookie season, where he caught all the targets he got, but he was a rookie. He wasn't very involved in the offense. And week one, there was a lot of Jarvis Landry. But week two, it kind of looked like that Chris Olave was actually stepping into that, quote, wide receiver two role in that offense opposite of Michael Thomas, who for now looks healthy and looks good, but we know how unstable michael thomas's value could be so chris Olave comes out in week two and he gets 13 targets he gets 13 targets he got three in week three clearly there's some level of confidence boost with Jameis winston with the coaching staff that 13 targets led the team he had five receptions for 80 yards now no touchdowns and sometimes we get really hyper focused on those touchdowns because it's a huge boost for fantasy value same thing with Justin Jefferson. No touchdowns for the first two games. Chris Olave, 300 air yards. 300 air yards so far this season. That's good. All right, so there's a lot of positive forces working, positive indicators working towards Chris Olave, and he's kind of fitting the Justin Jefferson rule. I think he's the cleanest fit for the Justin Jefferson rule right now, but I have two more here that I'm fudging the fits a little bit. Christian Watson, I'm going to go there. Christian Watson, 5 for 7 for 41 yards through his first two weeks. All right? Uh, again, Justin Jefferson, 5 for 6, 72 yards through his first two weeks. So a little bit less here with Christian Watson. Here's why I'm excited about Christian Watson. One, we knew he was raw. So I'm not actually projecting like a Justin Jefferson type, but I'm thinking of Christian Watson as like a, a half that, right? How do you get half value? Because we we drafted Christian Watson to be raw. And so if he doesn't hit year one, remember, that's okay. But he was targeted deep week one. I know he had that drop, but he was targeted deep week one. And they're looking to use him creatively. Like they're giving him targets at the line of scrimmage week two. They're trying to get the ball in his hands. They're giving him handoffs. He had a handoff in week one. It's opportunity. It's about opportunity. One more time. It's about opportunity. And Christian Watson is getting that opportunity in different ways. They're trying to get the ball in his hands. And you could say Aaron Rodgers rookie this, you know, the Green Bay offense. They didn't really need to throw the ball this past week. Christian Watson is going to get every opportunity to be an impact player this season. There's nobody in that wide receiver core that is going to stop Christian Watson other than Christian Watson. So if he can just play and work through and develop through this part of the this season, then Christian Watson absolutely can be a week-in, week-out impact player later in the season. But I do think it might be a little bit slower of a curve. And that's why I'm saying like 50% Justin Jefferson. He he can fit 50% of this rule. And Garrett Wilson is my last candidate, but I almost feel wrong doing this because Garrett Wilson's already doing well. So he's almost exceeding the Justin Jefferson rule. He's too good for the Justin Jefferson rule. Right, It almost looks like he's trending a little bit more on the uh, Jamar Chase rule, but I had to throw him in here, if nothing else, just to give him credit. I talked about him after week one. I saw him live uh, playing at MetLife, and he was a clear emphasis in that offense in week one. Joe Flacco likes him. They're feeding him the ball. Clearly the Jets' play callers want to feed Garrett Wilson the ball. He had 14 targets in week two. He had 14 targets in week two. This is a rookie getting 14 targets in the second week of the season. Those 14 targets were four more than all other wide receivers on the Jets combined. He had eight receptions. He had 102 yards and he had two touchdowns. Wide receiver 11 on the week, Monday Night Football pending. Here's the one caveat. Let's just keep in mind. A change of offense is coming. Joe Flacco clearly likes Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is talented. I don't think it matters if Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson is throwing him the ball. But I do think it's important to note that at some point, there's a quarterback change coming. I imagine they're going to open up the offense more. That probably will help Garrett Wilson, but it's worth acknowledging. So there are your three candidates for the Justin Jefferson rule. Chris Alave is, is the real guy who best fits the criteria Christian Watson is 50% of the criteria. And Garrett Wilson, unfortunately, might be 110% of the criteria. Week 4 of college football is going to be a great week. Like, it is jam-packed, folks. And it's, you know, not every week I get to sit here and I get to watch all the games. I do. From noon till midnight, we're watching football. And I'm going to run you through the Devi slate here. I'm going to give you the best games to watch all the way through and the players to watch all the way through from noon to midnight. Before we get to Saturday, though, I'm not going to go through the Devi, but I just wanted to point out college football starts on Thursday. West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. I'm calling it the Country Roads Battle. I don't think they actually call it that. It's 7.30 p.m. It's on ESPN, and I'm calling it that because you know – the Country Roads song, it's a West Virginia staple, but there's a little bit of controversy because a lot of folks think that it's saying West Virginia, as in the western part of Virginia, which is where Virginia Tech is. So I'm calling it the Country Roads battle. It might be called that already. I don't know, but uh, that's what I'm calling it. And then on Friday, Virginia travels to the red-hot Syracuse Orange, 7 p.m. on ESPN. So a couple good games before we even get to Saturday, but let's get to Saturday. All right, here's the nooner slate, the 12 o'clock slate. I have two categories here. I'm calling it the TV game, and then I'm calling it the iPad game, right? Because you get that one game that you can pop up on the big screen, and then whether it's your cell phone or a laptop or, you know, I'm calling it the iPad because I can have the iPad next to me. That's your side screen. So the best games on the TV The the iPad game is on the side, and usually I'm clicking around on the iPad game, but that's not the point. TV game, best game on the noon slate for Devy purposes, specifically Maryland at Michigan. It's a 12 p.m. It's on Fox. It's big noon kickoff. Michigan, J.J. McCarthy in his real first test as starting quarterback. We're going to look for this guy in the 2024 class. Quarterback, athletic, big arm. He has a chance to really impress on the big stage national television a lot of eyes on him the running back tandem Blake Corum is a power back he's 23 eligible Donovan Edwards he has power to him as well but he's also a shifty back he's got pass catching ability he is 2024 eligible and then the wide receiver Roman there is a speedster I believe he is 23 eligible on the Maryland side of the game a trio of of 2023 eligible wide receivers, Rakeem Jarrett, super athletic, Jacob Copeland, the Florida transfer, has been productive so far, and Dante Demas had really good 2021 film, hasn't been super productive yet, but every week for Maryland, we're looking at this trio of players, Demas has been consistent as that wide receiver two or three on the team, Jarrett's had big weeks. Copeland's had big weeks. All three of these guys could very legitimately be drafted in the NFL draft this upcoming year. Uh, At least two of them could very legitimately be uh, day two or higher selections. So That's the TV game on the iPad. It's Central Michigan at Penn State, 12 o'clock p.m., Big Ten Network. So if you got a subscription where you can click around a little bit, it's going to be a good one to watch. And I know you're saying Central Michigan – Right? But that's the point of these previews. It's not just the big names. So it's like, what are we specifically looking at here? And Penn State true freshman running back Nick Singleton has been breaking out early. You want to get your eyes on this kid if you have not already. So the running back is the reason to watch. You come for Nick Singleton. You stay for the wide receivers. Parker Washington, top 50 upside, absolutely in the 2023 NFL draft. Really Uh, A speedy wide receiver, good hands, and then Corley, the other wide receiver, Western Kentucky transfer, probably more of a day three type prospect, but still somebody to keep your eyes on. And Central Michigan has a big power back, Lou Nichols, super productive. If he can show up and show out and be productive, push 100 yards. Maybe find the end zone against a Penn State defense. That's really going to help his draft stock as well. 330 slate, folks. You could call it biased. You could call it what you want, but this is the best game of the day. Florida Gators traveling to Nealon on CBS. It's the 330 slate. It's the CBS SEC uh, noise there, the little intro that always gets me fired up. Let's start on the Florida side here. It's Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson against Utah. He's a Heisman candidate, everybody's calling him Cam Newton, everybody's calling him, you know, Vince Young, and I come out after week one and I say, this is Richardson, but there's going to be some down Richardson too, right? He needs time to develop, and I've been calling him a top pick in the 2024 draft uh, all through summer scouting and leading up to this offseason. He is 2023 eligible, but I felt like he needed this year to develop. Well, folks, the Florida offense has a chance to look good against Tennessee all right Tennessee's offense is good Tennessee's offense is fun but their defense is susceptible let's say let's be nice they can be burnt so it's going to be very interesting I imagine the Vols are going to force Anthony Richardson to stay in the pocket as best as they can but Richardson with his big arm has the ability to have some big throws and big plays and then they're going to rotate the Gators are going to rotate through Trevor Etienne Yes, the younger brother of Travis Etienne, and then Montrell Johnson. Etienne is a freshman. Johnson is 2023 eligible. Johnson a little bit more of a power back, but both of these guys have rotated and been effective through the first three games of the season. On the Tennessee side, it's Hendon Hooker against Cedric Tillman. Hendon Hooker is somebody who is older, but still I thought had a a back-end shot of being a day-one quarterback in the 2023 NFL Draft, projecting currently more of a day-two selection right now. He struggled off of the bat the first three weeks. He hasn't looked as good as he did last year. He hasn't looked bad, but this is his opportunity against a better secondary than he's faced so far this season to step up and look good. Hooker tends to show up under pressure and in tough situations, and he's absolutely going to have the ability to do that this week. And then Cedric Tillman, Cedric Tillman continues to rise up the rankings here. I think a lot of folks are considering him now to be a first-round caliber wide receiver, a big man, big hands, very productive, good speed for his size. Folks, Neyland Stadium, checkerboard, it's sold out, 101,950-something fans in the stadium it is going to be loud it is going to be fantastic that's on the big screen on the ipad notre dame at unc that game's on abc unc uh sophomore redshirt sophomore drake may has looked fantastic off the bat he is a quarterback you want to get your eyes on and then the return of josh downs josh downs is expected to be back and healthy this week josh downs potential First-round wide receiver has been injured for weeks two and three, so we want to see him back on the field against a good Notre Dame defense. Notre Dame a little less exciting on the offensive side of the ball, but you have running back Chris Tyree and wide receiver Lorenzo Styles. To put your eyes on, no Debbie value, but I'm calling it the cell phone game. Pull out your cell phone, third screen, put it on the side, and just for fun, watch the App State Mountaineers take on the JMU Dukes. App State is the darling of the early season, but folks, don't sleep on JMU. Undefeated through the first two games of their FBS career, wow, would the Dukes gain some momentum if they were to take down App State this week. Heading on to the late slate. Arkansas at Texas A&M, ESPN, 7 o'clock. No, we are not done watching football yet. Arkansas, KJ Jefferson, mobile quarterback, dual-threat guy, big arm as well. He's looked really good through the first couple games. This is going to be his toughest test so far, Texas A&M. Paired with Rocket Sanders. Rocket Sanders has looked absolutely fantastic. i got to tell you, Skip New and also on the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network on The Debbie Show, I don't think anybody's hyped up Rocket Sanders more than Skip Newton, and he is looking sharp and smart as always with this Rocket Sanders pick because he looks powerful, he looks fast, he lives up to that Rocket name. And I always mention, do not forget about Jaden Hazelwood, former five-star who is going to go higher in the NFL draft than I think most folks expect. On the Texas A&M side, it's Devin Achein. It's Evan Stewart running back. Devin Achein is 2023 eligible. Evan Stewart is a true freshman but definitely somebody you want to get your eyes on if they can get their passing game going consistently. The iPad game, who would think Ohio State at Wisconsin would be the iPad game, but that's how excited I am for Arkansas at Texas A&M. Still, lots of good players, of course, on the Ohio State side of things. You have C.J. Stroud, the 2023 eligible quarterback, battling for quarterback one in the 2023 class with Alabama's Bryce Young right now. Travion Henderson, the undisputed top running back in the 2024 class and then a trio of wide receivers with Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Egbuka, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, hopefully back at 100% full health this upcoming week. On the Wisconsin side, I said Travion Henderson was the undisputed running back one in the 2024 class, but if somebody was to dispute Travion Henderson as the undisputed running back, it would be coming from Bo Allen, Braylon Allen, sorry, Braylon Allen, the running back for wisconsin powerful back big play threat each and every time he lives up to that wisconsin running back that you are picturing in your head even if you've never seen him run before and then another fun cell phone game throw on a third screen kansas state at oklahoma kansas state has The super athletic, super speedy back Deuce Vaughn in Oklahoma has Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback. How about Eric Gray quietly going over 100 yards a game consistently on the ground, finding the end zone. Is Eric Gray back? You better believe I'm going to continue saying he is. Whether that's justified or not, but it's not just me anymore. I'm seeing the hype building up around him. Has a shot to get back in that day two territory in the 2023 NFL draft. And then, of course, wide receiver Marvin Mims. Let's see if he can put up another 100-plus yard receiving game. Folks, we're not done yet. We are so close, but I'm calling it the sicko slate. I'm only going to give you one late slate game. I wanted to give you four I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating, but we're pushing the time on this podcast. You know, I like to keep it as succinct as possible. But the Sicko Slate game that I will highlight, 9 30 on the Pac 12 network, it's Oregon State at USC. And I'm highlighting this one because it's Caleb Williams to Jordan Addison. It is a depth of Debbie wide receivers to get your eyes on there on the USC side of things. And do not think this is a beat up on them game. Oregon State absolutely has the ability to go to the Trojans and pull an upset their defense will not lay down easily despite the extreme talent of Caleb Williams who is 2024 eligible and Jordan Addison who's going to make his best bid to be wide receiver one in the 2023 class so there you have it week four Debbie preview as well as the Justin Jefferson rule as well as sophomore check-ins folks we are covering everything from Saturdays to Sundays to Thursday night to Monday nights we're doing it all on the rookie big board you want to make sure you get in on the action support this podcast head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board get rankings get in on the discord as always I appreciate you checking out this episode of the rookie big board